0: Hey, everyone, it's Bill Simmons. Before we get started, I want to let you know that you were listening to one of six classic episodes of The Rewatchables, a podcast that's been around for the last few years. And if you're listening on any platform other than Spotify, you can only hear the last 60 days of new Rewatchables episodes, plus these six classics, The Godfather, Heat, The Social Network, Old School, Jaws, and The Town. But for the entire archive, go to Spotify, where you can listen to every episode for free. Three depressed 30 somethings seek to relive their college days by starting a fraternity at Harrison College in upstate New York. What a good idea for a movie. Old school, coming up right now.
1: Sometimes you think you have true love and then you catch the early flight home from San Diego. Today,
0: Mitch's life took an unexpected turn.
1: Heidi, what are you doing home? When a couple of new people jump out of your bathroom blindfolded like a damn magic show. Ah!
2: Now, Mitch, you're on the rebound.
1: You're like an
0: injured young fawn who's been nursed back to health, who's finally going to be re-released into the wilderness. He's getting a little help from his friends. We're officially starting a fraternity. This is my house. I heard you guys are starting up a fraternity. Who told you that? We're going
1: streaky. Old school. crazy. You're crazy,
0: All right, I'm Bill Simmons. Sean Fennessy is here. Chris Ryan is here. Fennessy showed up this week after a devastating bad beat in the Godfather podcast with uh, not knowing where the Corleone compound was. We're going to do something we've never done before in the Rewatchables. At the tail end of this, we're going to to uh, almost like Stat Boy and PTI, a couple of things we screwed up on the Godfather podcast. So it was the most important podcast of all of our lives. I regret nothing. If this is just
1: a way for you to just relitigate the things that we roasted you about, I'm going to be disappointed in you. You roasted yourselves, my
0: friends. <laughs> you, you Listen, history remembers that you think Frank Sinatra isn't cool. We're going to get to that later. Let's talk about Old School. It came out in 2003. It uh, was weirdly an important movie for Will Ferrell. Who had not had a hit movie and had been on SNL at that point since October 1995, which is seven and a half years, and had transcended the show and is one of the best cast members they've ever had. I talked about that with Adam McKay on my podcast this week, but could not translate it into movies. And it was hitting a point where it was like, is this going to happen? And then it happened.
2: He had never had a starring role, though. This is the first time he really took on a big role in a movie. You don't count Night of the Roxbury? I guess that's true. I guess Night at the Roxbury was there. By
0: the way, I stand for that
2: movie. I bet mm. you do. I do. I like that movie. <laughs> not really my thing. You're right. Not at the Roxbury. But he was really funny in Austin Powers. He was yeah. really funny in Zoolander.
0: I believe I've broken my leg.
2: <laughs> but it's like, he was he going to be this bit player cameo guy who right. comes
1: in and just does incredible two minutes and then is out of the movie or Given not?
2: Given the way that he owned SNL, it's not surprising that he owns movies now. It's
1: not surprising now. It was a question because we had
0: had massive SNL cast members and it hadn't translated, especially on the female side where, you know, Sandler, I think it translated. Farley, it really translated for one movie that is such like a loud, great Tommy boy. Com- comedy mm-hmm. that it feels like he had this great movie career and he really didn't. And by the time he died, he was, you know, making bit parts and dirty work and he was in that terrible Matthew Perry movie.
2: Yeah,
0: Um Mike Myers, it translated. It's hit or miss. Farrell, it. Seems so obvious now it should have translated. I don't know what happened for those six years.
2: It's funny. He did something. He tried to do the Mike Myers playbook. He tried to take a character from the show and make a movie out of it, and that was not successful. He didn't have a Wayne's World. And then five years go by before old school comes Mm -hmm. along. And then this character kind of is the template for all the characters he would play in a movie. You know, like sweet, dumb, loud, like beta boy. The switch can go off, and yeah. he's he whatever. Get, he can freak out at yeah. any time,
1: and also that uh, the the madness of domesticity, mm-hmm. like the way in which like his like some of my favorite uh, SNL characters he played, like the 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 Dodge Stratus guy, you get know off what I mean? The get shed off the guy. shed, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that kind of like suburban insanity. Yeah, was something that he was really good at tapping into, and that's that's what Frank the Tank kind of is. Dodge Stratus and <laughs> Apex, yeah, he Great really sketch. did.
0: Frank the Tank is kind of the Dodge Stratus extension. So, this also basically started the frat pack, which is a term I don't use in my everyday life. It seems like more of a media term. It's and, invented, uh, An I actual think. term. It's invented. Yeah. I don't think anybody really calls it that. But there is an era that we discussed a little bit on the Wedding Crashers pod. This sets off an era from 03 all the way through 09, the R-rated comedy boom. Mm-hmm. Old school, 40-year-old virgin, Wedding Crashers, Superbad, Step Brothers, Knocked Up, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, The Hangover and when i hadn't watched old school in a couple of years it's rated r it's it's it's, oh, it's, yeah. Yeah. it's it owns it early and it's just the way it is and it was kind of refreshing yeah uh, yeah That it, i think i'd watched it on cable with my kid and i'd forgotten how r it was
2: it is <laughs> in keeping with the kind of every 10 to 15 years frat movie that we now get you know we we had animal house we have revenge of the nerds we have pcu we have there's every Ten or twelve years, there's another movie that fits right into this mold, and th- these movies have to be R to be effective. If they're not R, they're it's yeah. There's no to way to fun. do this PG
1: thirteen, and you know, I mean, like I, I think that there's a lot of they. they Todd Phillips and Scott Armstrong worked on this movie uh, with Ivan Reitman, and it has a lot of it owes a lot to the Ivan Reitman comedies of the eighties. Totally,
0: yeah. And there was, if you go back, this is this movie is the son of those movies, and there is... Oh, run basically that starts with Animal House and goes all the way, I'm gonna say, to like 83 84 range, where it's like comedy plus nudity. Yeah, when mm-hmm. stripes, stripes has one, Caddyshack, mm-hmm. um, easy money with Rodney Dangerfield. Like, sure. there, there's yeah. a bunch of them, Bachelor Adventure Party, of the nerds. Bachelor Party, Revenge yeah. and Nerds. There's always nudity, and it was just kind of came with the territory. and you know, the mindset was like, let's let's give guys what they want. They want to laugh and they want to see some nudity. Mm-hmm. And it was just a different era. Horror movies were like that too. Horror movies
1: always had nude scenes back yeah, then. Yeah, like,
2: yeah. And, and then there were
1: like there was like Kentucky Fried Movie. When was that? Yeah, that was, was in the mid-70s. 70s. Yeah. yeah.
2: But I mean, the, so those movies, this movie and the movies that came after it, especially the Judd Apatow movies, I felt like, became kind of meta commentaries on those movies that came before. Mm -hmm. You know, the fact that the the stars of these movies are in their 30s and they're reflecting on this like Arrested Development is itself like kind of a comment on why we're still interested in these movies. And
1: then you even see with that Apatow generation, guys like when they do Pineapple Express, they're basically trying to make their version of Midnight Run or 48 Hours or those kinds of action comedies, thriller comedies from the 80s, you know?
0: The era right before that, well, there's two eras right before. One is the, let's turn all the SNL characters into,
1: yep. into a movie, mm-hmm.
0: which was happening. And then there was also, I would call it like a silly era where it's like Sandler and Jim Carrey, mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's like, Ventura. these movies are funny. There's, it's I don't think there's nudity in any of
2: them. They're more juvenile.
0: Yeah. You know? They're movies that my son by age six had seen all of them. Yeah. Yep. And none of them were that bad. I, my son would not watching funny R-rated voices
1: fart jokes yeah.
0: yeah I love fart jokes and like you know I think Ace Ventura like one of the funniest moments in that movie is he leans over and he goes can I ask you a question <laughs> with his ass yeah. like it was just that kind of humor it was yeah. stupid yeah and then Austin it's Powers fe- it's came along it's fantasy
1: humor yeah yeah really <laughs> my
2: style yeah <laughs> classic Well, I, there is a difference to me between Sandler and Carey and I think we should we talked about maybe doing a Sandler movie at some point this year I think that would be fun to do just to talk about like I'm so ready what his comedy is and to me it was always very different from Jim Carrey I like Jim Carrey but Jim Carrey um, was larger than life and Adam Sandler like created a character like the character he's basically the same kind of character for 10 movies and those they feel really far away from something like old school Mm -hmm. old school has like a maturity to it even though it's really juvenile and there's nudity and there's like Pretty offensive humor in some places. There's something much more elevated about it. It has more ideas. Well, and the Farrelly brothers should get some credit here too because you're
0: talking about Dumb and Dumber, Kingpin, um, Outside Providence, which I love, which isn't in the traditional sense. There's Something About Mary, which is one of the most successful comedies of all time. Yep, All of those kind of laid the ground for uh, Road Trip. Yep. Mm
2: -hmm. Todd Phillips' first movie. First narrative movie.
0: And then what would eventually happen with the R-rated ones coming?
2: So Before this really he starts one, in the Primarily working in experimental film. No, he was working in documentary. <laughs> <laughs> his documentaries are amazing. I hope we talk about them. I'm so I'm incredibly interested in Todd Phillips' career. I well, think let's he's, talk about it right now. He did the Frat House doc
0: his, in like
2: 97 or 98. That's his second documentary. His first documentary, if people haven't seen it, is called Hated. It's about a punk rock singer named Gigi Allen who is one of the most disgusting, vile, insane people in the history of human civilization. Oh. And it's it was his student film. It's out, an hour long. You can find it on YouTube. It is grotesque and really interesting. And it got, it opened the doors for him in amazing ways. It got him an internship at HBO. It got him in the sort of in the crook of the arm of Sheila Evans, who ran Docs at HBO. He helped develop Taxi Cab Confessions when he was there as an intern, worked on Taxi amazing Cab Confessions. Show. I
0: think I've seen all of them.
2: And... And then he makes Frat House, which is this really interesting kind of template for the movie that we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. And yeah. also became controversial because didn't he, did he, he make... He staged some he scenes. staged a couple of scenes. Yeah. He right. like encouraged some of the kids. It's, it's, it's essentially just a depiction of a frat at Muhlenberg did College. Did he executive produce Project X? He did. Yeah, yes. You right. can see that there's like, he has an obsession with young how young men fuck up. <laughs> you know, like that's kind of his. And then aging men too, mm-hmm. I guess, when you get into The Hangover. But... He also ma- he also made a fish documentary about the band Fish wow. called Bittersweet Motel that is not bad. Well, he also made hundreds of millions of dollars.
0: Yes, because whatever deal he had with the Hangover, um, the Hangover was a phenomenon, and then spawned two really not that good sequels
2: the story is that he did not take a check for ahead of time for the hangover and that he took only points and that he made 50 million dollars on the original that's the wow. story that they tell jesus jesus um so you can imagine how much he made on two and three which also chris tried to do
0: that with the flat circle the true detective <laughs> show. i did I'm yeah, like, I'm don't points. pay me for this i want those residuals looking on week <laughs> one <laughs> i want points i can get these youtube comments up so there's some good things going here we have todd phillips who hasn't who had laid the groundwork. I thought Road Trip in the moment was really funny. I really I liked, liked it that too. movie. Uh, so, I haven't seen it in a while. Road
2: Trip came out my freshman year of college and I went to Ithaca College in upstate New York and that movie is set in, at in yeah. Ithaca University.
0: There's a lot of upstate New York college movies. Yeah. That could almost be a spinoff of The rewatchables. Catches Will Farrell when he needs to make a jump as a movie star. Little Vince Vaughn comeback. And uh, so I, I don't want to step on half-ass internet research but Armstrong, Todd Armstrong. Todd Armstrong? Who's his Sco- part? Scott, Scott Armstrong, Armstrong. Armstrong. And Todd Phillips, the part writing partners. Wrote the part of Bernard with Vaughn in mind, Vince Vaughn. Mm. A little comeback for him. Swingers. By 2003, an iconic character, Double Down trend. Yeah. It's been seven years. It's made the rounds on cable for years and years. DVD, the whole thing.
1: A, a generation of men over, quoting
0: those lines at bars. Yeah. So we'll do Swingers at some point. Great. Problem is... He gets weird and starts doing a couple serious movies. Does the Bizarre Psycho remake, which I still don't know how I feel about all these years later. Yeah. And at some point, studios decided he wasn't funny anymore. And they talk about that. Vince Vaughn said they didn't think I could do comedy. Todd really had to push for me. I think he even told them to watch me on Letterman to see I could be funny. I would have shown them Swingers. I don't
1: know how hard this was. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. yeah, I mean it's not. I. It's funny, like in the comedy movies or the comic movies, the. Vince Vaughn does he's basically doing the Bill Murray thing he's just playing Vince Vaughn he's just playing this smart-ass character but for three or four movies he's like the funniest thing you know of
2: of the decade on screen I think this is my favorite of his movies I think this is the funniest I've ever found him he's like a revelation in swingers and that's one of the coolest characters ever but I everything he says in this movie is funny um (laughs) and it, it, it is funny that it took him like a four-year rest period before he went back into comedies because basically, right after this, he kind of only makes comedies. Yeah, he for the next almost five or does, six years. he went
0: kind of too hard. Yeah, yeah, he does
2: dodgeball, uh, Starsky and Hutch, Starsky and Hutch, and, and, then, uh, and then Wedding Crashers. Uh, Wedding Crashers, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, and he's kind of jokey in that movie. I still don't understand why Starsky and Hutch happened. Nobody's ever
0: explained that one to me.
2: It's a it's a mis- it's a misstep for like everybody who's involved
0: it was such a waste of all of these dudes at a great point of their career yep that i don't know there this whole remake culture which now i don't think people do anymore if they're remaking something they'll completely reinvent it mm-hmm. there was a lot of like parroting mm-hmm. parroting uh things th- that had happened 20 but is it years that much different work-
1: than i mean
2: don't you think it's just like that was a show those guys grew up on they thought it was cool
1: yeah, but I think they thought that was going to be a
0: huge movie.
2: Oh yeah, I thought when that trend started, it was actually really interesting because I thought like the Brady Bunch movie and the Adams that Family. That Brady Bunch movie worked. Th- I thought those movies were good, and they were trying to reinvent mm-hmm. them. And then by the time we got the Starsky and Hutch and the Dukes of Hazard and those movies, chips. Like, they didn't chips. The, those movies didn't work as well because they were trying to just make them pure comedies yeah, and they weren't pure comedies like the structure was meant to be like episodic television where you're like I just like hanging out with these guys I
1: think there's like a huge mistake where like Angels, a bunch another- of people mm-hmm. were just super into the Beastie Boys sabotage video and they were like well, this would work as a movie it's true but with movie stars and it just doesn't mm. so filmed
0: budget was 24 million made 76 million in North America another 11 million abroad success not a massive success mm-hmm. I think it's been a success after the fact I'm sure with DVDs and. On-demand, all that stuff.
2: It's a classic, like, in the dorms. yeah,
0: TBS, HBO, whatever. The film received mixed to positive reviews, 60% of Rotten Tomatoes, which brings us to one of my favorite categories, Roger Ebert. It's tough. He panned old school. He said, I avoid altogether the question of old school's veracity and move on to its humor, (laughs) which is easy to master because there's so little of it. (laughs) Yeah. This is not a funny movie. Yeah. That was one of his sentences. So tough beat for Roger.
2: My take on Roger. He's zero for two in two thousand eighteen. He's never to be trusted on comedies. That's just a general rule. I Mm. don't really, I don't look to him. I don't really look to many film critics. I would say that
1: comedy in general is a different thing, difficult thing to write critically about. Yes, Yes. because you're just essentially, if it's if it's funny, there's not a ton to say,
2: Alice. Besides, this is really funny. Yeah, the idea of even. Making a gesture towards the veracity of a movie like this is how you know Roger Ebert is not looking at this movie correctly. Because yeah. who cares? Like yeah, that's cares? it's a it is a stunt comedy. That's the whole point. So Farrell rips off old
0: school Elf Anchorman. Just back to back to back. Jesus. Jesus. What a run. That's a nice we always talk about the three movie runs. That's that's a good one. And then uh that's it. Then we're off. And Movies are really funny here for about six, seven years, and we had a nice little run.
2: Things are so different now. Yeah. It's weird to think about a time when every year you could count on three or four movies being really, really funny and big hits. Um, that's, it's not the case right now.
0: Where comedy is going, we're not going to litigate on this one. And in fact, we don't want to spend this podcast talking about would this have worked in 2019 because we did that a little too much probably in the Wedding Crasher spot. The reality is every era is different. This movie is fucking funny. Great. And I don't care. It's just funny. What This is the way it came out in 2003. Shit happens. All right. We're going to get to the categories. Most rewatchable scene. Interesting. I have four. You guys might want to add one. Frank the Tank at Mitchapalooza. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that whole stretch ending with the streaking yeah. and, and the ladies driving and your lips slowly yep. realizing yeah. it's- Bring your green hat. Blowjob class. That scene's incredible. Okay. Dark Gun Birthday Party. Yeah. That's how I would describe it. Would you that include
1: one. also the re gifting of the, of the bread maker for the third time in <laughs> there in Dark Gun
2: Birthday Party? Yeah. Like, does, is yeah. it the whole birthday party? Yeah.
0: Okay. I think it's the whole birthday party. And then Blue dies during a KY wrestling match.
2: Uh huh. Does that also lead into Blue's funeral, funeral. and, and yeah. Will Ferrell singing? Yeah. Um, Man, I have a lot of other I have a lot nominations. Of other go ahead. Give me some. I'm
1: gonna go uh, when they're first meeting in the kitchen at uh, at Luke Wilson's new place. Ear muffs, ear muffs, and also him fucking walking around with a hockey stick and just <laughs> destroying things, and yeah. uh, just that that first introduction to the concept of the movie. But their their interplay is I I've, I think I've watched that scene eight times this week, and just everybody knows the guy who would who would pick up the hockey stick. And, like, while you're having a conversation, would just start being, like, Chris Chilios all of a sudden. You're just like, what are you—what's your fucking problem? Like, Put the hockey stick down. We're having a conversation. It's like the guy with the bat. Like, hey, this is cool, huh? Like, yeah,
0: Then you're just afraid something's going to break the whole time. I had that in moments. I didn't have that first scene. Okay. I guess it's a short scene, but it, it could definitely be
2: in there. Um. I really like the first time we meet Jeremy Piven's character. Cheese, <laughs> Jeez. Jeez. Like that whole bit is very, very funny. And it's a, it's a weirdly good Piven performance. As yeah. He's kind of like subverting his PCU character. You know, like he's old enough now to be the dean and not the the flunk older flunky at a college. No
0: entourage yet, by the way. Oh, it's pre-entourage. It's pre-entourage. It was a year. He hadn't, I was going to talk about his toupee later, but he hadn't figured out the right toupee yet. <laughs> and, okay. uh,
2: So I like that one. I really like uh, even just the opening setup with going home to Juliette Lewis. And she's got two people in the bathroom and then Todd Phillips shows up at the door. Do you want me to tell you
1: this is the first time or do you want me to (laughs) tell you
2: this is the truth? Really good Juliette Lewis performance in this movie. She's funny.
0: I had her. We're getting to her okay, later. Okay, But yeah. I th- that so sounds great. I, I wanted to put the Jewette Lewis scene, the most rewatchable <laughs> scene, but I didn't want you to think I, I was a weirdo. <laughs> it's just I a good that scene. that was so funny. It's a great comedy. we've seen that. We've seen versions of that so many times where the guy walks home and hears noises in the bedroom and it's like, what's going on in there? Yeah. And, and then it it's their- like, oh, she's just watching porn. Well, that's weird. And then all of a sudden, people are coming out blindfolded. Yeah. It's great.
1: Really good Luke Wilson performance in that scene. It's like, no, let's go with this. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah This is a turn. <laughs> is this what you do when I'm away? Yeah, I think it's probably my favorite Juliet
0: Lewis
2: performance. I mm, no. I, for the of the Grown Up Killers. Yeah, got to be Natural Born Killers in California.
0: Yeah, but she freaks me out. I don't like when she's I'm going to go on the lamb with a serial killer and I haven't eaten <laughs> yeah. in 10 weeks, Juliet Lewis.
2: She's just always been really funny and this I feel like this is her first
0: real comedy. Yeah, she was there's some rom com she was in where she's like the friend and she's really good in that Okay, that I'm blanking on. But I I, I agree. I think she's an un- untapped resource.
2: Totally. She was I mean, she was tapped on camping this year, unfortunately. sadly. Uh, whole whole other conversation.
0: Yeah. it seems like about 10 years ago, there's some HBO show she could have been the helm of and would have been really good and had all of these things that could have happened with her. Uh, so what's the most rewatchable, Chris? I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the hockey stick scene. Over, over Frank the Tank's resurgence. Yeah, wow! I'm going Frank the Tank. When Frank the Tank comes back to life, I'm there every time.
2: Take, we're going streaking! Yes! Yeah. No, I'm sorry. Sorry, we're going, we're going streaking through the quad and into the gymnasium. Come on, everybody! Come on, Snoop. Does the Frank the Tank scene lead all the way into them stumbling across him streaking? Yeah, his wife finding him. To. So
1: does it include Vince Vaughn doing a Speaker City speech from, from the city? It stage. starts
0: from when <laughs> the guys are trying to get yeah. Frank the Tank to yeah, have a drink. Yeah. and he's nice like, little like, no, Saturday No, I can't. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, he's ah, I just have go, I'm gonna go with that. I'm yeah. gonna go with that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yo man, come hit this right here. You need to hit this. Oh yeah, oh, no. yeah, hit that. No, I appreciate it, but I told my wife I wouldn't drink tonight. Besides, I got a big day tomorrow. But but you guys have a great time. A big day. Doing what? Well, um, actually, pretty nice little Saturday. We're uh, we're gonna go to Home Depot. Yeah, buy some wallpaper. Maybe get some flooring. Stuff like that. Maybe Bed Bath and Beyond. I don't know. I don't know if we'll have enough time. You know what? (laughs) You know what? Give me that thing. I'll do one. I'll do one. We gonna do one. Man, I'm so I'm torn. There's so many other good ones like. Vince Vaughn watching his commercial and mouthing along to it. I love that scene. The scene where um Will Ferrell's working on the car and he's talking to her yeah. about restrictor know, he plate. the restrictor plate it's off. Not like, not exactly. Street legal. <laughs> like, there there is this fine line. This is a tough thing with the comedies because is that a moment or is that yeah. a scene? Yeah, that I was, yeah, I was, like, I was I gonna
1: say the same thing about the um uh the the wedding in the beginning. Uh, and mm. just like her, her walking up the aisle and him just being, just being like, it takes a real man to give away an angel. <laughs>
0: <laughs> or well, I like, see, I love, I had for what's age the best, which we'll get to in a always second. Always smiling, always watching.
2: When they're,
0: <laughs> <laughs> when they're all in the church and he's like, this is such a fucking mistake. You got to run. And like, that just kills me. I know, that's what I'm saying. I'm, but before uh, we go to take some whatever to do the angel. Yeah, yeah. When he's just like under his breath muttering and just like killing Will Ferrell. And that, that just kills me. There's
2: even some really good Luke Wilson scenes. You know, I feel like Luke Wilson meeting Ellen Pompeo for the first time and he's drunk. And he's like, Denver, <laughs> the Sunshine State, gorgeous. You know, he's like channeling his brother. That's a good, that's a good Luke Wilson. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, when, yeah, when, I, I, can, I don't even know what to pick. Hold I, the Luke Wilson conversation. Okay. Ear, it's ear, I'll go earmuffs along with Chris. I think that is probably the most aside from we're going streaking, the most iconic thing that happens in the movie. Yeah. That's the thing that I feel like is was most repeated in my life. So
0: I realized rewatching this movie that earmuffs came from this movie because I, I just felt like it had been around no, much longer, like a, but it really did. I don't
1: know if it's a Vince Vaughn throwaway, like an ad-lib or something, but yeah. I mean, it's entirely possible that earmuffs was something that you had heard around LA, like in the early 2000s or whatever, but that Vince Vaughn also heard yeah, or something? I
0: owe royalties to Vince Vaughn. I've used, <laughs> that, I've used that joke a lot, you, yeah, especially in the Ringer I've, office. That yeah. is
1: used a lot. Yeah.
0: yeah. But I always thought it was just a thing. I didn't realize it was Vince Vaughn. I'd, I should be paying him a
2: trademark. First time I heard it was in this movie. Let's play that clip.
0: And the fact is, I got
1: 40 strangers out in my living room, and all I want to do is get some fucking sleep. So I'm sorry, but... We're not starting a fraternity. I
2: don't know why you got to do it in front of the kid with the effing. All you got to do is say earmuffs to him. Earmuffs. And he can say, fuck, shit, bitch, whatever you want. Cock, balls. Okay, I'm just proving a point. You don't have to celebrate it, Frank.
0: What's age the best? In no particular order. Luke Wilson getting frisked? At TSA and just disrobing. <laughs> this was like probably, I don't know, a year and a half after 9-11. It was the first time I remember somebody really having fun with 9-11 TSA. It was yeah. just really good. It really good worked. Point.
2: It was funny. Set to one of the best songs literally of all time, Ryan Adams to be young, which is like such a cool way to kick off the yeah. movie. Mm-hmm. I love that song.
0: Ellen Pompeo, who is about to become one of the biggest and most bankable TV stars of the last 40 years but in this movie is just the cute lady that that uh, Luke Wilson has a crush on yeah and it's just it's weird to say it feels like it's like her daughter almost at this point Grizz Anatomy's been on for what 16 years yeah And she's like a baby in this movie. It's kind of almost jarring. Not
2: one of the best written parts I've ever seen. I'm not really sure what her character is thinking uh, or what her inner life is. We're going to get to uh, some of the
0: issues with (laughs) uh, that relationship. Perry Reeves. Yeah. Jeremy Piven's uh, wife and entourage really looked exactly the same as she did in Entourage. And in Kicking and Screaming. She looks
2: exactly the same in Kicking and Screaming, which is how many years? Seven years before Mm -hmm. this, right? She's good. I feel like somebody market corrected her, and I don't know who it was. Hmm.
0: That's a good question. I feel like she should have had a bigger career. I
1: love her. She's I like great. her in
0: everything she does. Yeah. I think she's really good. Like she, had, at the very least, should have been on some CBS show making a million dollars an
2: episode for eight years, being married to some fat guy. I think she is on a TV show now. I don't know what the show is. I think she's on like a network sitcom right now.
0: Earmuffs has aged. Uh, I mean, it's probably going to win this category. The Dan Band. I was just, I I was just going to say that the what boy?
2: the Dan the, Band the wedding band oh yeah
0: who are these guys wait like <laughs> in 2003 it's like what's happening now we've seen them in a bunch of other movies but everything leads to <laughs> when they cut the Vince Marty he's got the hand up lame <laughs> <laughs> it was, oh my God, that's so funny. Uh, but the damn band was just great.
1: <laughs> They're swearing. So during what's the, the wedding origin song? story with those guys? What's the deal with them? When I see the fucking look in your
2: eyes. <laughs> the, the, if you freeze frame the look on Will Ferrell and Perry Reeves face the first time he drops that fucking every now and then. Turn every
1: now and then I get a little bit terrified. I see the fucking look in your eyes.
2: Is so funny with her reacting to And she's kind of like, no, we didn't hear. Like, she shakes her head like we didn't hear it. <laughs> it's so, it's like, not subtle, but subtle. You know, like, if you're not actually paying attention, if you're just looking at your phone, you forget that this is the whole Dan Band bit. Um, those guys are, uh, well, they're in another Todd Phillips movie. And they, they he's had, like, a TV show. And also, he wrote a song. Well, they're in The Hangover,
0: too. They're in they've The Hangover. In like, uh, they've been in, like, three or four movies, and they're... I don't know if it's still the case, but last decade they were like LA legends. Like it was, you know, my my wife's friend Shannon was good friends with them, and my wife probably went to like five or six Dan Band. So concerts. like, where would they
1: play? Like just the they bars would play and stuff? at like yeah,
0: like
2: bigger bars. Okay, and, they were on Jimmy Show.
0: Yeah, they liked smaller venues where they could interact with the audience. But the show was was really great. Like huh. it was that much fun every time.
2: So that the guy Dan, who's the leader of the band, co-wrote one of the songs in Dumplin'. The Netflix movie oh, yeah. oh, wow. this year, yeah. So he's also like kind of a, a songwriter on the low. Okay. The Damn Band.
0: Snoop Dogg's aged really well. They catch Snoop Dogg at a great point in his career. Yeah.
2: It's a really good Snoop Dogg song. It's a plays. really good Snoop yeah. Dogg. Who's Papered the, up.
0: Who's the second person? In cocaine. That
2: yeah. So uh, it's a good. It's a weird. It's a good snapshot of a moment in Snoop Dogg time because it's Snoop. It's cocaine. Warren G is his mm-hmm. DJ, and it's when he went everywhere with Don Magic Wand, yeah. The pimp and that was like his side guy he was side there guy, all yeah. the time and like where's Don Magic Juan? now and he did old school to get in
1: Starskin Hutch that was yes. like the trade off is that the is yeah. that the, the yeah. story interesting yeah.
0: That, that's why, because it's actually like, why is he in this? Yeah.
1: And well, it's also just like one of those things in movies where you're just like, what the fuck are we doing? Like a four-minute musical performance in this yeah. movie.
2: Melissa McCarthy made a movie last year called Life of the Party that is basically like a solo old school about how she goes back to school. Yeah. She joins a sorority, and it ends in a sort of a similar old school fashion with a Christina Aguilera performance. Um, and it's weird how much it just kind of lifts from this movie. Like this this that kind of invented something. Craig Kilborn. What were you to say?
1: That's aged the best?
2: Yeah, it was fun seeing him. It was fun seeing Kilby.
1: Uh, I think the <laughs> sensation of seeing Kilby. That's Killboard what I mean, It's like, oh fuck, Craig Coburn's cool. in this movie. I can't, I forgot. I I'm just saying, saying the I holy shit. I would say that he is maybe the first person to ever show up in What's aged the Worst and What's aged the Best. Well, you, you're stepping on where we're going
2: <laughs> with this. But yeah,
0: the sensation of being like, oh yeah, Craig Coburn. Yeah. Whoa.
2: Uh, it's really weird to see Vince Vaughn and Will Ferrell throwing a hundred and Craig Kilborn like completely unable to act. Like it's (laughs) staggering how, like terrible. he's like funny and his character is, is, um, obviously like complicated, but he, he really can't act. Like he's just not an actor and you can really tell because you've got a lot of super professional people around him. So do you, do you know if that was like an an option for him
1: at the time? Was that like a thing he was thinking about doing? First of all, I think that he thinks it was a huge success.
2: I mean, it, it was in a way. It's a very memorable character. He's kind of a great Mark shitheel. <laughs> Mark. Yeah. He's in two scenes yeah. and then he
0: crashes in the closing credits.
2: Right. But-, but he's like, he's reading his lines like he would read Daily Show jokes. And like, that's not how you act. Even in a comedy, that's not how you
0: act. This is really a dissection
2: of. Well, <laughs> Listen, I thought there's about some it. reason he hasn't
0: kept acting. That's true. That's true. I liked him as stunt. Ca- for, as far as stunt casting goes, it worked great closing credits in this movie have aged the best. Yeah, They really put some thought into... Yeah. Uh, I'd check it out if you haven't seen the closing credits of this movie, America. But it ends with... The first thing is Kilborn crashes while he's smoking a cigarette, goes over a bridge and kills a fly-fishing Jeremy Piven. Amazing. And the car blows up, both of them die. And then there's a couple other things too, but it lasts... It's like two and a half minutes of closing credits, basically. Can
2: you remember the first time somebody did that where they put kind of story inside the credits? It's very common in comedies. Like, I don't think this was necessarily the first one. I want to
0: say, God, I haven't seen Porky's in so long, but I want to say the closing credits were all the bloopers. One of the movies from back then did just bloopers as the closing Mm. credits. Smoking the Bandit, not Smoking the
1: Bandit, uh, Cannonball Run. Did yeah, it. They, that's yes. th- that is the blooper reel. Yeah, so and then there, there are ones Porky's. where I think that they do like what happened to the people after the movie ended, kind of like a quick scene of like that oh, and then They animal- got married. Right. Invented right. yeah. or invented making fun of that yeah. whole thing.
2: And then he, Todd Phillips, like masters this with the Hangover closing credits. That's like one of the best closing credits ever with the Polaroids. Yeah, that's such a genius. I would
0: say that's for me that's the number one closing credits of all time. So funny
2: i remember it, loving that.
0: It was a really good movie, and I actually thought the closing credits, the first time in the theater, actually pushed it to a whole other level. Yeah, you walk but out I was like rocking. that's actually my favorite part of the movie, and then <laughs> yeah. you walk it out. And then uh, the soundtrack. So we got papered up, paid in full, fun night, dust in the wind, hungry like the wolf, gonna make you sweat. The sound of silence. Here I go again. Total eclipse of the heart and lady. It's a
2: fucking murderers and master of of weird Puppet. music. Yeah, Metallica. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, here I go again, I think has played four times. That's a, that's a lot of White Snake. <laughs> so that's how age the
0: best. What, uh, what do you have, Chris? What's age the best? Not Craig Kilborn for you.
1: Not Craig Kilborn for me.
2: Um, I don't know. This so, is, I think this is the best Luke Wilson. I think this is you think the, his performance wow, is um, age the, best? Is, is this is the and, best? This and Tenenbaums are the two. That's, this, that's the alpha and the omega of Luke Wilson. Yeah. Because he was a good everyman for a while. And Do you want to have this conversation now? W- what category were you going to save it for? Probably unanswerable questions at the end. Okay. Okay, let's hold, we'll we'll okay. save it. What do you think is age the best? I mean, it obviously literally launches Will Ferrell to become probably my favorite comedy star of the century. I think he's made he's made me laugh more at movies than anybody else since 2000. So that's a pretty good legacy. I would say earmuffs is age the best. Yeah. Okay. Earmuffs. People still say it.
0: Good. It's it's really in there, and you don't feel like you're just being the loser who's saying a movie line. It's actually just part of conversation. Yeah, that's now. true. Remuffs.
2: Yeah, it's like Kleenex. It's just taken over. Yeah. What stage the worst? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Can I ask you a philosophical question about this? Yeah. Because. You know, we're gonna keep doing comedies, and we I all d- like I just these want to movies. Zip through it. I, I made but, it a but, very but, short but, list. But is what's stage the worst? What's become offensive now, or what just seems kind of like antiquated? Because there's a difference to me. You know, like sometimes an action scene in a movie will just like look like shit, and they would never make it that way right, if a movie like was, if was made. If you see in 1984. a gunfight in the '70s,
1: it's just red paint all over a guy. I exactly. think it's
0: it's what stage the worst? What stage? Well, what stage <laughs> poorly? Yeah. What does that mean?
1: Well, in in this case, it would be Elisha Cuthbert's character aging the least, I think. I had
0: her at the top of the list. She's in high school. Okay, That's
1: probably a bigger problem these days. Could be an issue.
0: Kilburn's acting. It's tough. Brutal. Piven's toupee. He really had to go back to the (laughs) shop
2: and figure out a better look. I think he looks great. Why is Ari Lang in this movie? It's a, it's a misuse of Artie Lang. That's what I mean. And Matt why is he Walsh in this too. movie? Yeah, two of the funniest guys. Why is Artie Lang
0: in this movie?
2: <laughs> I Probably a favor. I mean, he got, I'm sure he needed the money at it's the like, time.
0: Artie, you're going to be in this movie. Don't make any jokes and play this completely serious. Bizarre. What year is Dirty Work? Is Dirty, Dirty Work, work is after this? I'd, oh, I'll 90. ride Dirty Work to the death. Dirty Work's funny. So this is after Dirty Work. It's like five years after. That's depressing. He's that Howard Stern at this point, I think? Yeah. It's tough. weird. It's like, I don't know why he's in it. And then... Uh, James Carville. Mm. It's ages the worst two different ways. One, he's just kind of like, why is he in this? Yeah. And then yeah. two, it's 16 years later. So if you're Craig, you're like, who's that? I don't even know who that is.
2: One of the flaws of the movie, I think, is when it starts to become too much like back to school, you know, where there's like yeah, a there's competition like, element to it. But
1: that happens in a lot of these movies where like that also happens in Stripes where they actually go to war. Mm. <laughs> and you're just like, why, why is this happening? Yeah. I just want to go back to the basic training stuff. I think Animal House started
0: it. Mm-hmm. And then the next... 10 years of comedy is ripped off where it's like there has to be some sort of conflict scene that you win. Then that died and then it came back with this. So it's, I mean, honestly, the uh, the last 15 minutes of trying to figure out how to get back and it's entertaining, but it, it's-
2: It's okay. It's, it's not it's bad. Yeah. It's just, the, it Yeah. It could for- have been better. It forces you to have like stunts like the Carville thing because it's like, how do we make this actually interesting? You know?
0: Craig, do you know who James Carville is? Mainly just from Bill Hader on SNL. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. See, there you go. Casting what ifs? Oh, what? So what's age the worst? Cuthbert.
2: I think. Yeah, Luke think, Wilson sleeping with a high school girl yeah. is kind of a tough
0: beat. And then uh, the high school girl, he's on a date with Ellen Pompeo, <laughs> and she's like, and "Hey, she's talking about prom plans." Sorry, I didn't call you back. That'd be fair. She might have been eighteen. Sure,
1: that wouldn't have aged quite as bad. Right, good corner for you. No, tough. this is a good corner seventeen. Seventeen would have
0: been tough. It would have been illegal. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think uh, isn't there a line in the when he's with Terry O'Quinn and he's like, she's about to be a senior.
2: Yeah, that's tough. She's seven, seven months away from college. Oh, okay. I believe is what he says. Yeah. So this is kind of a Stefania Simonetti uh, Godfather situation, you know? Chris it's, learning it's, about the Sicilian no, child bride. I,
0: I knew. I knew about this. It's a little murkier. Yeah. Yeah. She's either seventeen or eighteen. Either way, not great. Not great. Casting what ifs. I have none.
2: Not to a lot zero. of. Uh,
1: not a lot of info. I yeah.
0: Not a lot of info. They not, wrote it for Vaughn. What's weird is there's been so many oral histories about movies. I thought for sure there would be the old school oral history and there is none. There's no
2: drama here. There's no story about how it almost failed or it didn't work. It was kind of like everybody right place, right time. That's it. That's Mm -hmm. the story. Yeah, and there's a long tradition of movies like this, and they just kind of nailed this one.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's almost probably it would probably be more interesting to find out about why they never did a sequel to this, or like what was wrong with the, because the, the, they did do a script. Yeah, they wrote a
2: script. Yeah, for um, the sequel. It sounds like Vince Vaughn and Will Ferrell just didn't want to do it. Yeah. Um, but I guess the idea was that it would be like a Spring Break movie. Dion Waiters award, <laughs> biggest heat
0: check of the movie. <sighs> I'm putting Craig Kilburn in there just because I think he thinks it was a heat check. Definitely. Juliette Lewis was incredible. Amazing. She's only in two scenes. And one of them, I think, is the closing credits where she invites him to uh, come to basically what's going to be an orgy. That
2: The supermarket, yeah. She's
0: basically like an amateur porn star before we even knew there were amateur porn stars. Um, The Dan Band. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Good one.
1: And the guy who played Blue. Oh, I have another nominee here. Give me another one. Sean William Scott. Oh, yeah. No question. As the as the animal trainer, <laughs> the fucking the move he pulls on that was that like a goat? The move he pulls on that goat where he's like yanks the
2: chain, he's like <laughs> shut up to <laughs> so the goat. Is, it's really funny. Do you know what Sean William Scott's character's name is? No, it's Peppers. Peppers? Yeah,
1: it was <laughs> his last name. Yeah. Really good. And like his reaction peppers. to the dark gun. He's is- took one of the jugular, <laughs> man. Yes, that's awesome.
2: What? You just took one in the jugular, man. <laughs> Whoa. Yes!
1: <laughs> oh, my God. It's really good. I have uh, Juliet Lewis
2: as the winner. Okay. Um, I mean, I'll
1: definitely, like, I'm not going to
0: protest I thought that. she had, like,
1: five threes
2: in nine minutes. <laughs> My one other nominee is Brian Callen playing like the Greek waiter in the diner. Oh when yeah. he comes over and he's like, Godfather. "It is on me, Godfather." <laughs> that is a weird performance. Your money is no good here.
0: <laughs> so Brian Callen is my favorite guy who didn't totally make it from that it. era. Yeah,
2: he was on Man TV. Really right, I really liked
0: him in a whole bunch of stuff.
2: Yeah, he's he was, funny.
1: He was
0: like on Inside Schwartz, and it just seemed like he had a bad agent. I feel like if if you reset his career,
1: maybe he's in the frat doesn't pack. he do like a lot of like UFC podcasting stuff now.
2: Maybe like, I was like he's, he's like really in counted. the Rogan
1: universe a little bit or something. That
2: sounds right. He's um, I mean, he was on the first cast of Mad TV, was if he? I recall. Um, he's really funny. He's funny. I'm
0: doing for I'm adding to what's age the worst. Brian Cowan's agent. Okay, because <laughs> I'm upset that he his career wasn't bigger. What about Terry Quinn? He wasn't really a Dion Waiters. I mean, he's in
2: two scenes. He's uncredited it's, too, it's, too, right? Pre lost, yeah. right? Uh, yeah, but it's post X Files. It's post X Files. It's just kind of a <laughs> that's a weird part. Yeah, do you think he was just like cool, cool? <laughs> good. What was the paycheck for that? I don't know. It was I
0: think he really wasn't that much of a actor at that point. I think he was just like a bit guy who was in. He, movies. he was. He was. Lost was a career resurgence. That's friend.
1: true. I have Juliet Lewis. Who do you have? I'll go Juliet Lewis too, Chris. About to a Juliet Lewis, but I'm a, I'm oh, a big. That's the Juliet Lewis.
0: Big Shout
2: Shout to, to you. G- Wait, what M. about Andy Dick?
1: We're gonna get to Andy. Okay.
0: Let's take a break to talk about proper cloth. This year set a realistic goal to wear a shirt that fits from collar to cuff. Every proper cloth shirt is made to order, so it's guaranteed to be unique to you. Just answer 10 simple questions to get your custom shirt size. Then choose from over 20 collar styles, 10 cuff styles, 500 fabric styles, from classic to business to casual. They work with the best fabric producers from around the world. Each one of their shirts goes through extensive quality control testing. You're getting the absolute best quality and craftsmanship. Best of all, Proper Cloth guarantees a perfect fit. Meaning if your shirt doesn't fit perfectly, they will remake it for free. It's the future shirts. Looking better has never been this easy. It starts at just $80. Stop wearing shirts that don't fit. Start looking your best with a custom fitted shirt. Go to propercloth.com rewatchables. I'm sorry, slash rewatchables today. Propercloth.com slash rewatchables. Enter gift code rewatchables to save $20 on your first shirt. And since we're here, Sean Fantasy's the big picture. Yes, Oscars race is coming, and you guys did another podcast without me. LA movies, fuck you, fuck both of you. Okay, that's very uh, top five civil. LA did you see movies. my list? I
2: didn't. I didn't listen to it yet. Cool. Top there five are LA movies. there are zero Michael Mann movies on Christmas. No Chris's
1: collateral list. on LA. I specifically said these are. I, I was going to pick Michael yeah. Mann. see Top myself. five gimmick for that, and Chris Ryan has the flat circle. Uh huh. True Detective after show, Sunday premiering nights. Sunday night. Yeah, and you're high on this True Detective season. I am high on this. I'm high on, on your own supply. supply. I am. You wouldn't get the straight answer from me anyway, but it's a, it's a good show. And you have The Watch. I do. Monday and, and Thursday. And you have The Ringer group chat. I do. Thursdays. You're doing a lot. Should I write you a note? <laughs> he always
0: believed in you, Chris. Always believed in you, Chris. He always thought you could be the next Indiana Jones. <laughs> half fast internet research. In 2006, a sequel called Old School Dose was written by Scott Armstrong. Dose. But turned down by original stars Will Ferrell and Vince Vaughn. The story concerned the aging fraternity going to spring break. Farrell said in 2008, I read the script, some super funny set pieces, but I don't know. I think Vince had the same reaction. We're just doing kind of the same thing again. We went to spring break, but we've got to find this guy who's the head of a fraternity. Once again, funny things. It's just once again, us back in a fraternity setting. It felt like it was repeating. Maybe I'm overthinking it. I just feel like I would have seen Old School Dose, i It probably would have been bad. I wish that it had happened. Maybe Netflix can just bring everyone back for $175 billion.
2: Well, The Hangover 2 is a tough beat, and The Hangover 3 is close to an abomination. So, uh, I'm not sure that I really need yeah, like, Old School 2. of
0: all the movies- Old School Dose. Of dos, these movies
2: me. around this time, so Wedding Crashers, Old
1: School I don't know, Dodgeball. Comedy like, sequels don't work. But which of these did you want a sequel for the most? Like which uh, would you want? Like Wedding Crashers 2, would you want Dodgeball 2, would you want Old School 2? Old School 2.
2: I mean, I'm into that one the most. I don't, I don't, I, I rarely want this. You know, I mean, what's a great comedy sequel in the history of movies? Austin Powers. Okay, that's pretty good. Caddyshack 2 is, was one of the biggest tragedies
0: of 1985
2: or oh, year that was. This like. actually came up with McKay, and I loved when you were talking to McKay, and he brought up Wayne's World 2, which I think I might have even brought up on this podcast before, yeah. but I think is Wayne a World's, genius Wayne's movie. Wayne's World 2 is solid. Really fun. Anchorman
0: 2 is going to have a life as soon as it gets off epics.
2: Yeah. I,
1: and, don't, I don't I don't,
2: need old school dose
1: though. And doesn't... Wait, Anchorman 2 is... Is it Anchorman 1 or Anchorman 2 that they basically shot like two movies worth of movies? That's yeah. Anchorman 1. One.
2: Anchorman 2 no, is Anchorman like, 2, they
0: have... They basically have an alternate movie of it. No, that's one. No, but two, they have it too. The same thing? Yeah, two, they have like five hours of footage from it. Oh. Well, I'll tell you one person who was ready to see Old School Dose. In 2016, Luke Wilson was game saying, I, of course, would do it at the drop of a hat. (laughs) (laughs) Luke Wilson. (laughs) Um, More internet research. Todd Phillips plays the guy who knocks on Luke Wilson's door earlier on and says, I'm here for the gangbang.
2: I believe he reprises that role in most of his movies. He was wearing like the curly wig. Yeah. Perm wig. He's like,
1: he's in The Hangover Mm -hmm. is that guy, right? Yeah.
0: In the streaking sequence, Will Ferrell ran naked for real and apparently horrified locals at a 24-hour gym. He also said they filmed the streak in two different parts and the second part was in front of everybody during the Snoop Dogg performance and that he needed to get a little drunk beforehand to do it. So do you know the name of the guy who played Blue?
2: No, I don't.
0: Patrick Cranshaw, is that relevant? <laughs> he's been acting in fi- he had been acting in films for fifty years before wow. old school. It was his role as Blue that finally made him famous. Although I will say he played the sheriff in all the Air Bud movies. No. Oh. So there you go for that. He died shortly after the movie, like about four years later. The house that Wilson's friends transformed into the home of their new fraternity is. A real residential house located in Pasadena. Quite obviously. On Bushnell Avenue. <laughs> it's like so obviously LA. <laughs> it's been used for three Michael J. Fox movies. Really? Can you
1: name them?
2: Doc Hollywood. Nope. Um. Hmm. This is a really good question. Yeah, thanks. Back to the Future. Ding. Um.
1: The mean, Secret of My ha- Success. I was going
2: to say The Secret of My Success. That's New York though. How do you not guess Back to the Future 2? Oh, Back to the Future 2. Right. Okay, Is it Back to the Future 3 as well?
0: No. Okay. <laughs> Back hmm. to the Future 1 and 2. What else is he in? Oh, what's the, the hard way? It's a movie very near and dear to my heart. Oh,
1: Teen Wolf. Teen Wolf. Wow. Of course. You should buy that house. Jay Fox. Just banging out movies That on seems Bush like Dull a more Avenue. attainable place to get than the Boogie Knight's house. I w- I'm just going to... Re- just redfin it right now. I just want to go over there. I'll, I'll redfin it after. I think...
0: It was the neighborhood. I don't know if it was the exact house. It was a two-block stretch. Okay. So, yeah. There you go. That's it. We covered all the other ones. Apex Mountain. Tough one. Craig Kilborn. <laughs> no. no. Sports Center.
2: No. I think the first season of Kilborn on The Daily Show I was like, wow. This is a, this is a thing. I thought he was like God on SportsCenter. I thought he was like the funniest person I've ever seen.
0: I think first year of Daily Show was what I would go for. I will say that Kilborn probably thinks this was his apex mountain because he had the CBS late night show and
1: the old school cameo, and people love this movie. And they like it's him not in a it. cameo. He's like a he has like a part in this movie. I would say this is where it starts to fall <laughs> apart for Craig Kilborn. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, Fer- I also really like Craig Kilborn. Don't get me wrong.
0: I like him too. He's been on this podcast uh, or on my podcast. Will Ferrell can't be his apex mountain. No. What's his? What's his apex mountain? I think it's Anchorman. Is it Anchorman? It's Anchorman? Yeah making that movie, having that movie succeed, which is, it's insane. You could, yeah, it has to be his movie career. Something from his movie career has to be the apex because the SNL apex is 2000 when he's doing strategery as Bush and all that stuff.
2: Yeah. That's a Vince Vaughn. I say yes. I say this is not only the best he's ever been, but this revived him. The
1: run of, of Dodgeball, this, this Dodgeball and, and Wedding Crashers. And yep. it's he gets out from under, like, doing the cell and stuff like that.
0: I'm going to go Wedding Crashers, which I think was a year later. Okay. Because
1: and that was a now hit. it's not a fluke. Now yeah. it's
0: like, wow, Vince Vaughn is one of the biggest stars we have. And then, like, right around then, also started dating Jennifer Aniston, maybe, not maybe, when they were filming the breakup. And That's he was right. on the cover of Us Weekly all the time. And it just felt like he was, like, one of the biggest stars in the world there for a year and a half.
1: Okay. And it has been that. an A-lister for a long time. Luke Wilson. I think so because it's right around here is the run for him that is actually like the mainstream run where it's like Legally Blonde to Charlie's Angels. This I'm not necessarily saying I like those movies more than Bottle Rocket or Tenenbaums, but but I'm, he was he was a bankable. He was like he was getting the lead, like, oh, lead white guy roles. In like a lot in a of different movies. era, this guy's in the Harrison Ford zone. Oh wow, Jesus! Don't you think so? Uh, that's blasphemous. That was a what you just said, head. Jesus? Uh, I'm just, that's like, a
2: wild take. First, Frank Sinatra, handsome, era. and now you Luke, don't think Luke That's what Luke Wilson's career trajectory no, is. No, he's a comedy actor. He's like Charles Grodin or something. He's Harrison like, Ford. What? He's not. He's not a action leading man. Harrison Ford is an action leading man. I, he became one. I don't know. Yeah, he was. I mean, he was Han
1: Solo. I think that there's something about yeah. Luke Wilson that has like the kind of like rugged. Let's have the
0: Luke Wilson conversation now. Okay. I don't think he's very good
1: in this movie
0: or across. I just the board? think in general, I think there's a little. I think he kind of lucked out with some of being in the right movies in the right times kind of things.
2: I think he is the beneficiary of having a very creative brother um, and and forging a partnership with Owen and Wes Anderson. And those guys put him in position to succeed a few times. He's very good in Bottle Rocket because he plays this kind of Mm doe-eyed, innocent type. And he's kind of been replicating. He replicates that in Charlie's Angels, in Legally Blonde, in this movie where he's kind of like... I'm just a regular guy, you know? It's I'm not, overwhelmed by all this. I yeah. don't know. I actually I nah, let's wait till probably and answer
1: all questions. I'm not as guy. He a, is a regular guy. Like that's a guy who loves to have yeah, beers. apparently
2: he's Harrison Ford. and well, I love his persona now and play golf as like a as like a he's a, like a, a linchpin of the like golf shirt shirts. Yes. yeah, right. Yeah, like, he loves golf. He loves bourbon. He loves hanging out. You know, he's like that kind of dude. You definitely could stumble upon him at a semi-private course on a Thursday morning. Just kind of maybe hanging with a Takate, you know? He's a great guy. Seems like a great hang. Have you ever met him? I haven't met him. I'm excited
0: to see The Fugitive with Luke Wilson directed <laughs> by Chris Ryan, though. You guys,
1: it, it, I don't think you're you're reading me right. I was but a heat okay. check. So you said... <laughs> oh, I think Luke when Wilson the tables get turned on, Chris <laughs> Ryan, all of a
2: sudden, everyone else is a dick. Did you say... So let me just get make sure I have it right. Uh, you're saying... Luke Wilson is better than Harrison Ford and Frank Sinatra. I'm saying that
1: they that they fucked up by not waiting to make Star Wars when Luke Wilson was around so that he could you. play Han Solo. So you think
0: there was an action movie path for Luke Wilson that wasn't explored properly? Yeah, I don't
1: know if I don't know if I think I think if Luke Wilson had stayed in game shape, I yeah. think there's a there is like an action movie path for him. Yes. Okay.
0: Craig, did you hear Chris Ryan say that Luke Wilson could have been Harrison Ford verbatim? <laughs> yeah, all right. So we all heard that. It's <laughs> good stuff. Elisha Cuthbert. Mm-hmm. No. 24. Tw- season 1, right? Yeah, but 24 season 1 was like... That uh, this year? It was like 2001. Uh-huh. She's been on that show a couple of years. Then is in old school. It feels like this is about as good as it got.
1: Uh, I was is always she, a huge is, what's fan. What's the best... What, just, just briefly, is it... Do you think it's Girl Next Door is her best performance? Because that wasn't a good movie. She's though. incredible on Happy Endings. I don't know if you guys watched that show. Yeah. She, I really liked her. I actually thought her great. career should have been she's more still, significant. She's still around. She's on the ranch. I feel like she should have been classified. This is a great podcast from you. The ranch. Okay. She's on the ranch. On the ranch. <laughs> In another life. <laughs> the ranch is popular, though. It is popular. Elisha Cuthbert could have been Elaine May. Let me just tell you something. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's good stuff. Yeah. This is a good I new do, bit from you.
0: I do feel <laughs> like. Unreasonable comps. Yeah. She could have headlined. Chris
1: Ryan's Unreasonable comps is good. Well, let me
0: ask you because I think everybody likes her. Mm-hmm. Why couldn't she have had that kind of Drew Barrymore rom com where she just made like three straight rom coms? Because they stopped making the those movies right, right, right around she, then. That, that. So that's what killed yeah. her. It was rom coms died right when she was moving into the about to make rom
2: coms. She pretty space. much never made another comedy after the Girl Next Door, which is weird. Big screen, she, big screen. Yeah. yeah. She obviously went to television, but she's she's got like a comic timing, and she's charming. You,
1: she's like really, 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 really good on happy endings. If you guys haven't watched Happy Endings, I mm. think it's on Hulu. It's really Super. Funny. I think she's good in this movie. Yeah,
0: like yeah. Uh, the, her whole vibe the whole time, and
1: I don't know. She's what funny. a uh, that's that's such like a the cast of of Girl Next Door is like a real Paul Dano, like light, light, lightning in a bottle. Yeah, movie, yeah. you want to vamp on the ranch for twenty minutes? No, okay. okay. <laughs> but I'll vamp on Girl Next Door because Olafant's in that too. Yeah, he's good. It's
0: a movie that should have worked, and when you study the IMDb of it, you wonder why it didn't. But
2: it just didn't. I thought it was pretty funny. It was fine. Uh, Never the Girl totally Store has idea. six credited screenwriters. So it's always a red flag. Hmm. So does Armageddon.
1: Did Joe- <laughs> you, those six guys could have <laughs> been <laughs> William Goldman in the Reag era.
2: <laughs> Patrick Cranshaw, Apex Mountain. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably. He went out high. Did we not mention You're My Boy Blue and What's Age the Best? And Blue! Yes, sir. Do you trust that I do not want to see you die here tonight? Sir, yes, sir. Blue, you're my boy! Thank you, sir. Because You're My Boy Blue, along with earmuffs, is in the lexicon. Yeah, I had it for best quote, but I guess we should have mentioned
0: You're My Boy Blue for— And Pulaski is part of that. Well, we did the bet, though, what's the best scene? It was the whole blue guy. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But we should have mentioned. We should have given a special shout-out to You're My Boy Blue. And Spanish was funny, too, for some reason. Him just repeatedly calling some random guy Spanish. Joey Pants Award— a lot of nominees. I, I got to say, it's got to go to that guy from Mad Men. I don't know what that guy's name is. He's Jeremy Piven's henchman in this movie. Then he ended up on Mad Men the last couple of years, and he's just one of those guys. He's been in stuff. I yeah. don't know what his name is.
1: So wait, is this the Joey Pants Award you're talking about? The Joey Pants yeah, Award. I have. I think I have the winner here. Well, more than more, that guy from Mad Men? What is I think, that guy's well, name? It's more just because really far background player in this movie who wound up kind of showing up at Patrick Adams, who plays guitar during Dust in the Wind, is the star of Suits. Oh, wow. Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. that's a good one. That's interesting. Hold on, I'm trying to figure out who the... It's a very, very deep cast You know that guy from Mad Men? He's very distinct <clears throat> No, he plays, the, he, plays the, he plays Bobby Barrett's husband. He's the mean comedian in the first yeah, season yeah. of Mad Men. What is, he's also so memorable in a Mulholland Drive, where he tells the story in the diner, and then they go behind the, the dumpster in the back. He's
0: in something else, too. He keeps popping up. He's definitely one of those guys. Would this movie have been better with Treo Buscemi or Michael K. Williams?
2: His, oh, name is, his, name, his name is Patrick Fischler. Patrick Fischler. Very, very, so I didn't good, know that. very good um character actor.
0: That's how you win the Joey Pants Award when I have no idea what your name is, yeah. but I can name nine things you've been in. Treo Buscemi or Michael K. Williams. I think Buscemi maybe could have played the principal. Mm-hmm. I think Treyo definitely could have. Treyo would like, have
1: been a great frat member in the frat. Like yeah. he's
0: just a mute guy. They pulled in, doesn't say much, but he's <laughs> intimidating. Michael K. Williams.
2: I don't. I don't know how he fits in this movie. Would have been weird. I'm not sure if I ever thought this movie needed one of those three. Yeah, <laughs> I probably did.
0: <laughs> tough, ca- tough cat.
2: Tough category for a, this one. It's a, I don't think anybody really fits the bill. Saul. Saul Robinick,
0: Saul Rubinek, They knew. It comes down to me: is Sean William Scott and Adam and uh, Andy Dick. I'm going to go Andy Dick here. I think he Don't really... sleep on Sean William Scott. Really going for it, but Andy Dick played really like, the mad the... maximize... Yeah, Andy but, Dick's out of his mind in this in that
2: one scene, though. He's out of his mind. He may have literally been out of his mind. At this time, him. yeah, uh, yeah. I guess it's probably Andy Dick. There are a lot of moments where Ferrell is really going for it, though. Yeah, you know, we're going streaking at the top of his lungs is pretty pretty Rubenick-esque. I love the speech Farrell gives, uh, or like what he says
1: to those guys when they have the cinder blocks tied to their dicks. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, Do you believe that I don't want to see you get hurt? <laughs> yeah, that's good. Uh, yeah, I would say Andy Dick. Okay.
0: Picking nits. <laughs> Why would uh, Ellen Pompeo's character ever touch Luke Wilson in a million years? There's like nine different times she should have been running. That's the biggest flaw of this movie. Yeah. It's, the first, the first time I hadn't talked to 20 years, he's drunk and spills a drink and ruins her dress at a wedding. And, and then, then, then the next time she's like, a hey, going to clean gonna it see up. you again. Yeah. It's like, she's never seeing him again after that. Then they're on a date and a high school, <laughs> a girl in high school wearing Oakwood high jacket is like, hey, sorry about what happened with my dad and makes it very clear they're involved. He somehow rebounds from that. And she has a kid. Mm hmm. It's like,
1: this is the stepfather for your child? And even if, like, he convinces her otherwise, like, you know, he
2: breaks up a relationship with Mark. It's not like— But counterpoint, this is a woman who dated Mark for two years, who is a scumbag. So maybe she doesn't have the best taste in men. Maybe she doesn't have the right radar. The perfect girl with horrible taste in men. What a movie character. I mean, she's not <laughs> the best. <laughs> they didn't really work too hard to, to flesh her out. Like, could they? They should they have dated? Maybe in she high just school? saw a little
1: bit of Harrison Ford in him. Maybe she was like, "I believe
2: in you." <laughs> That's, That's probably what it was. That's probably what it was. You're like a young Indiana Jones. Yeah. Another uh, picky nits.
1: Why wouldn't Vince Vaughn be a cheater? I think that that they have to like zip that up so that he stays within the bounds of of any kind of normal behavior. Because so otherwise waiting for
2: him, he's just Satan. Yeah. That's one of the best scenes in the movie when he is alone with the girl. He tells the girl. You know, and, and, yeah. and she kisses him and uh, he, he pulls back. That's actually a really weirdly well-acted scene uh, in a movie that is ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, I thought I, th- I, I, I get it why they did it. They have to make, like you said, they have to make him kind of not evil. Best quote. Any other
0: pick and knit you want to pick some nits? Anything? I'm so excited for best quote. Best quote comes down to Blue, you're my boy. Fill it up again. Fill it up again. <laughs> Once it hits your lips, it's so good. <laughs> Wait, I thought we were in the trust tree in the nest. Were we not? My favorite part. <laughs> and then uh, the whole thing with the earmuffs. Whoa, whoa. Whoa, what the fuck? Why, why in front of the kid? All you got to do is say earmuffs to him. And then you could say, fuck shit, bitch. <laughs> and then Frank goes,
1: cock balls. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you don't have to take it that far. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: I absolutely did. Cockballs. Um, I don't know. Anything else? I mean, there's a lot of lines. I don't know if you want me to save. It. Would you this go in best moment or would it go in? Best quote, it's got to be Blue You're My Boy,
0: right? Yeah. That's the, the memorable quote other than earmuffs.
2: I do love the entire um, toast speech at the wedding. You know, when he's like, you know, uh, Frank's dad's here. haven't seen him in eight years. Love For, you, dad. like, love you, dad. And then... then <laughs> And Mitch starts talking, and he's like, "True love is hard to find. Sometimes you think you have true love, and then you catch the early flight home from San Diego, and a couple of nude people jump out of your bathroom, blindfolded, <laughs> like a goddamn magic show, ready to double team your girlfriend." Did you have any bad speeches at your wedding? Any any out of control speeches? Not at my wedding. I've I, this is a
0: long time passion of mine, and the thing I miss most about going to weddings is the bad best the brutal speech. speech. Yeah, yeah. It's, we had. I went to a wedding once. Where the guy literally got heckled. It went for fifteen minutes, and people were just openly... And was he just like going the through the the, the group, like and pr- rambling, and really wanted to get to the finish line? And people were just out of their minds. It is great. It's. I always thought this should be a TV show. I would just or a, or a YouTube channel of just bad best speeches. brutal species. wedding toasts. Yeah, brutal wedding toasts would be the best.
1: The the like live PD. The one with the ladies
0: <laughs> can get worse. That's funny. Really? Yeah, because they'll bring up something. You know, they, a little jealousy might come out or like, so. so well, that's when you were dating Bob for that
1: time. And yeah. you kind of see the guy mm-hmm. go, Bob, who's? If you told me five years ago, you'd get married first and everyone would have believed it. Yeah. Yeah. Here we yeah. are. <laughs> Carrie and I, my wife, um,
0: we were staying at a hotel once in San Diego for a soccer tournament. And we, we was actually the Torrey Pines hotel where they had the golf course. We'd always wanted to stay there. And there was a wedding there and we had a balcony that looked out onto the wedding. And we ordered a bottle of wine and we just sat there and we listened to on the toast, and we <laughs> before. And it was so much fun. And it was exactly how you thought it was. Like one the guy gave a great toast. The two maids of honors together went up, which is always a disaster. There they did the combined toast. One of them was too drunk. It was a train wreck. Uh, the dad gave his speech was too long. It was great. I was like, this is so much fun.
2: It's amazing. that I would we just watch this. Repeat these rituals literally every day in America. That it's like no one has like solved it. Have yeah. you ever been to a wedding and been like, well, that was perfect. No one right. made a misstep. It's because it's hard to do. Well,
0: what's crazy is that play, the, playing the same songs now in 2019 that were the weddings
1: that I was going. But to But there 25 are some things about like shout works. Like right. I defend shout, but, but was, like, then there's some where you're just like why are we still listening to this like. You know this Michael Jackson song thirty years
2: later. This movie also s- nicely slots into my "Open Your Movie with a Wedding" theory. You know, same mm, shit. Yeah, You're just like let's get a party the going. Godfather, right at
1: the Godfather, Wedding Crashers, and old school.
2: The the Holy Triumvirate. Yeah, yeah. It's like that, and then Luke Wilson as Indiana Jones. Those are the, those are my two favorite trilogies. <laughs> well, Jack I can tell Ryan. You guys are going to let this go. Yeah, <laughs> clear and present Wilson. <laughs> uh, could this be remade
0: as a ten episode Netflix show? Uh, so we've seen this re- we've seen this movie get made over and over mm-hmm. again where somebody goes back to college. You even mentioned Melissa McCarthy last year. I haven't even seen that. My kids really like that movie. Yeah, it's funny, but uh, could this just be
1: thirty somethings at college? I don't think it could. Has there
2: I, never been a frat TV show like this? No, but I also think
1: that it would just they would be labor the sort of midlife crisis elements of it, and that's not really why I watched
2: Old School. Yeah. It's not to be like I hope Frank and Frank gets back together with his wife. Wait, can I add one more quote? Yeah. I really like when Mitch says, I wasn't looking for a girl like that. And Beanie says, well, Columbus wasn't looking for America, my man, but that turned out pretty okay for everyone. (laughs) There's also a really
1: underrated moment when he first gets the house and Mitch says, a professor lived here for like 30 years and died. And Beanie goes, that's awesome. (laughs) Uh, uh, I also really like, I know a great sand guy.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's with a hockey stick. Yeah,
1: Probably
0: unanswerable questions. This is a great one. This is one of my favorite unanswerable questions ever. Who's the 2019 Craig Kilborn who would have been cast in old school if it came out in 2019? Oh, my God. Who's the stunt casting It's like a YouTube guy.
1: Isn't it like Logan Paul or something? Wouldn't it be like somebody who's like— Oh, it's got to be older, though. I also feel like it has to kind of be a sports person. I was thinking it's Joe Buck. Joe Buck It's like if Joe Buck was the
0: boyfriend. Joe Buck is. Mark. That's
1: fucking crazier than me thinking that Luke Wilson could play Indiana Jones. Craig Coburn was crazy. No, but it's got to be some... It's two scenes.
0: You're the boyfriend, and you're just intentionally being a (laughs) dick. Gus Johnson. (laughs) Rise
1: and fire!
0: (laughs) Jim Nance. Hello, my friends. Um, Who is it? I don't know. What are you
2: trying to nail? Like, somebody who is unexpected or who is like a broadcaster?
0: I was saying an unexpected person from the TV sports what about Mark Jackson <laughs> Jeff Van Gundy yeah. <laughs> mama there goes that man would it be like Trevor Noah <sighs> somebody who doesn't act but it has to be somebody who's who famous is.
2: who is it it's Jalen it's Jalen
0: Rose Jaylen, oh well, he would God. never do that though <laughs> That's Jalen's a good one though <laughs> that would be great i do it <laughs> tell him to call me that's funny um Probably an answerable question: Could they have improved the Luke Wilson spot?
1: Wow! Well, you guys fucking definitely not Harrison stab Ford me in the back. <laughs> <laughs> so not we cross
2: Harrison Ford off the list because we have the stronger Harrison Ford. Would this movie have been better with Owen Wilson as the star? Yeah. Yes. The Julia Lipman so said th- the same thing to me? This goes back to
0: the Luke Wilson conversation. Okay, I think he's a little bit born on third base in this movie. There's other people in this role that I would have wanted more.
2: I don't know. I I, I like He's, him. He, you,
1: this is not a role where you can do any more than what he does. He needs to be like a little. He needs to be both smart and a little spaced out. You know. One of my favorite things about this movie is inexplicably like I know they're supposed to obviously have had a lot of like frat parties and stuff, but there's a couple of scenes where like inexplicably a character looks brutally hungover and you can tell it's because the actor is brutally hungover. Like when they meet in the diner and uh, uh, Vince Vaughn's paying for breakfast with all the guys. Yeah. He looks like she, like his night just ended. And it's like, I love that look that Luke Wilson has for most of this movie where he's just like circles under his eyes. Yeah. And all the guys are coming up to me like, Godfather, Godfather. <laughs> and it, I, I think he just really does like... Had six natty didn't lights. didn't mention last the night.
0: Godfather thing, but that part's pretty funny too.
1: Yeah, and also they say that in front of Ellen Pompeo,
0: who is still plus. It's but still it's like, like the post might be, fight. It's might like be the stepfather. It's a, a great job. like
1: Fight Club joke. It's like yeah. a great like you don't talk about this mm-hmm. out, outside of. Don't talk to me about this at work.
2: I, 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 I'm sure you could improve upon Luke Wilson, but I don't. I wouldn't change him. I can't. I love the Sunshine State. Gorgeous, you know. <laughs> gorgeous, that, gorgeous. That scene is great. Okay. Um, the only I can, other I can tell you is coming question. around in my way of thinking on this. Uh, no, it's one of the worst takes I've ever heard on a podcast. It's <laughs> staggering that you said that about Harrison Ford. But that's we're going to move on. We won't bring this up on every other episode of this show.
0: Frank Sinatra is fucking handsome. That's all I can tell you
2: guys. <laughs> <laughs> you're next. You know that, <laughs> I right? Know, I he got know. one. I got yeah, one. Okay, <laughs> I know. Who won the movie? Uh, it's Todd Phillips for me because of everything I said. He's about to become... In many ways, he's bigger than Apatow. Like, nobody thinks of him that way, but if you think about how successful his movies have been, he's bigger than Apatow. I mean, his next movie is a Joker movie. Mm-hmm. So he's got it. And also, I don't know if people really know this, but Todd Phillips is probably going to be nominated for an Oscar this year because he produced A Star Is Born, because he and Bradley Cooper are, are producing partners. And so there's, yeah. if A Star Is Born wins Best Picture, you might see Todd Phillips on that stage accepting the award. I didn't realize that. <laughs> Bradley Cooper voice <laughs> doing Andrew the Giant you know, as Bradley Cooper.
1: Knows. I remember there was a great moment in the when Bradley Cooper like premiered Stars Born, I think at Toronto. And he went up on stage and he was just like, Here. I just remember Here. when Todd Phillips gave me a a card that said, You can do anything, or when are you going to start believing in yourself the way I believe in you? And I was like, This is fucking amazing because Bradley Cooper is Allie. And Todd Phillips is Jackson.
2: It's a true, it's a real thing, though. I mean, that's the movie that made him a movie star. And there's a really good story that we that we ran on the ringer right when we launched in the summer of 16 by uh by Mike Powell is a profile of Todd Phillips. And Todd Phillips is a great quote. And Cooper's quoted in that story, Jonah Hill's quoted in that story. A lot of people talk, a lot of people go to bat for him because he definitely picks people at the right time. Yeah. You know, he picked Will Ferrell at the right time. He, they wrote a movie for Vince Vaughn at the right time. That's a real skill. And it, clearly he learned that from Ivan Reitman, who was amazing at that in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. So my vote is Todd Phillips. I'm going to go Vince Vaughn just for variety. It's just, wow. a, I, I think he's incredible. Every single line he has is is, is quotable. And Bill will, will go with a different candidate.
0: I'm going with Will Ferrell because it launches the Will Ferrell comedy
2: run. There it is
1: tic-tac-toe great um, sorry luke wilson
0: <laughs> should i have given you a note that says nobody believes in you like i believe in you in like 2012
1: <laughs> when you're running the triangle on Grantland? yeah i think you probably literally did uh, <laughs> you, <mind? laughs> you should have given me a note that said in a different time i think you could have been harrison Ford. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that would have totally worked um uh, before we go, just quick Godfather stuff that we promised. Sure. Why don't you also make sure you tell people what we're doing next week, what you're doing next week.
0: Oh, Shay and I are doing the Fast and the Furious, mm-hmm. the first one, which is really phenomenal and it was really held up. So that's happening. Um, biggest
1: biggest beat of Fennessy's career. We, I can, two we plus should preface hour. it by wow. saying we're, you're about to hear fake fucking news from Bill because Bill is going to use his own vortex of like, I, selective people no, who've I'm responded to him that have disagreed that. with
0: Sean and I I just want to talk about the compound Okay, no, he just
1: wants to talk about the compound
0: yeah
2: yeah okay we, we, I think we should circle back on we can circle back to that later thing, but yeah no there they're, they're, so we did a tough beat
0: we asked where the compound was none of us really knew we had some guesses we just I think we guessed Jersey around. and Westchester right and the actual actual location is Long Island where Sean is from that's right. I am from there. Here's my thing. And how many
2: people reached out to you and, and said you completely retreated I got, seven, I got seven emails, um, which is a lot of emails about a podcast. Um, so that the the compound is in Long Beach, which yeah. is in the Southern Shore. And uh, my message to the Southern Shore is fuck the Southern Shore. <laughs> I am from the Northern Shore of Long <laughs> Island, and I'm North Shore till I die. And I'll tell you what, there's some perfect circuitry here, which is that the person who is also from the North Shore, from my hometown, <laughs> is Todd Phillips, director of Old School. So if Todd Phillips were here with us today, I'm sure he would say, fuck Long Beach, fuck the Corleone compound, North Shore.
0: So one uh, one reader, Ian Lewis, said that um, in order for Sonny to drive to Connie's house, he would have most likely had to take the parkway to leave Long Beach and drive to the Bronx or wherever in New York City they lived. And that's why they said the causeway, which is yeah. probably the shorthand term for uh, whatever. They also said the tip-off, if you knew from Long Island, or if you knew like what it was like back then, you called the operator and you said LB four. Mm-hmm. You said uh, LB three, and that was like some Long sort of Beach. Tip-off. Yeah, and I, I got a lot of different emails about the timeline of the movie, which I thought were interesting about when Michael came back. What what year did this start? When did it go all the way through? And basically. When Sonny's driving in the toll booth, randomly, it's the Bobby Thompson's Miracle Home Run Game, which was like, I think- Is Candace. that on the radio? Yeah, it's on well, the I radio. I don't think I've
1: ever even noticed that. And this
0: September 1951. And then the thinking is, then Pacino comes back shortly after, then sees Kay Adams. Because the wedding is in 46, right? The wedding's in 46, so that takes us about six years. Kay Adams comes back, or he goes to see her in 52. and By around 56, that's when the Christing happens. Wow, I didn't know it took place over that long of a time period. Yeah, so we're thinking like 55-56 for that. So how long is he in Italy for? So Michael, his Knicks tickets were 10 years old at that point. Russell was coming into the league. He wasn't able to go to as many games because he fell behind
1: in Italy. uh, He would get like box scores from like three weeks ago. Yeah.
0: In Sicily, it was really hard to follow the Knicks. Like Fabrizio really had to to go into town and get box scores for him. Fabrizio. Another thing... That people pointed out, hold on, I had, a, I had a couple emails. The reason they didn't kill Carlo right away, we, say, we said part of it, which was the Don didn't want, you know, he had made the promise to whatever, it's his son-in-law, he's not yep. going to kill his daughter's husband. But one reader theorized, theorized that was why they pushed Tom out, because it just wanted to be Michael would be the one that got rid of Carlo. Yes, and, and not that town too. But we were right, I think, and it was in the book about it would have tipped off Barzini if they killed Carlo mm-hmm, because yes. that was the direct connection. And then somebody else said Carlo is like on the phone when Michael yeah, comes I home. Said, we were made, talking about that because they said to l- maybe that l- listen maybe for the talking, phone calls.
1: Right, uh, Vito tells Michael. To have somebody watch like the exchanges, like the phone call exchanges.
0: And then in the book, Polly calls in sick and they trace his calls and he's going across the street from the compound a couple of times. So that's mm. how
2: people they knew that was. who responded case. to us felt very strongly that there is no way. And this is apparently true in the book um, that Polly was not sick and that he was just a yes, part of the setup. Absolutely um, which is something we kind of talked around a little bit. Yeah. So that's it. And um, then also you forgot about the fact that we never said Frank Sinatra wasn't cool. That wasn't the point that we were trying to make. And this becoming an ongoing <laughs> bit is one of the worst things you've ever done in the history of my career. And I would just like to start, state for the record that I never said Frank Sinatra wasn't cool, merely that Johnny Fontaine is not a replica of Frank Sinatra. And believing that is a false I think hit. we're both right. Okay. I think Sinatra was mad... Because
0: he
1: felt the Johnny Fontaine was supposed it's to be Obviously, it's supposed to be from here to eternity. It's supposed to be him getting that part. I get, I get the get. I see Sinatra's point. Yes. It'll make him really. a big star. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he saw Al Martino, and he's like, what the? Oh, we didn't do the Al Martino Award. Okay. For old school. What's the Al Martino Award again? You have to the remember. worst actor in old school. <laughs> What's well, Craig, <laughs> Craig Gilmore.
1: It's Craig Gilmore. <laughs>
0: oh, He won an Al Martino Award. There you go. And then uh, finally, Jason Cox emailed, what happened to the kids Kay was teaching when Michael turned up? I think that there's an
1: assistant teacher. <laughs> what, That's a see, great question. Is that
0: really something that people... So I, can... I actually went back and what... Because I was like, there must have been another teacher. And then I watched and it's just her with all the kids. <laughs> oh my God. And she just abandoned all so these Godfather kids in the
1: middle of the street. is about what happens to those kids. The new generation.
2: <laughs> I like the idea of all those kids just being dead because K goes off. <laughs> I know. <laughs> those kids are just out there That's two That's how days Children
1: later. of the Corn starts. <laughs> It's all those kids are out in a field with a, a cult. It's uh, really funny. Yeah. So anyway, that's it. Uh The Fast and
0: the Furious is coming next week on the Rewatchables. Thanks, Sean. Thanks, Chris. You Thanks, Bill. It. All right, thanks to The Flat Circle, Chris Ryan's new True Detective show, appearing on all Ringer platforms following the first episode and second episode yeah, of True so Detective. Yeah, put two it's a double header. Yeah. Thanks to The Big Picture, Sean Fantasy's movie podcast. Thanks to Proper Cloth. You've made a list of resolutions. How realistic is it? said, realistic goal this year, wear a shirt that actually fits from collar to cuff. Proper Cloth makes it easy to get a shirt that fits. Every shirt made to order guaranteed to fit you. Go to propercloth.com slash rewatchables. Use gift code rewatchables to save $20 off your first shirt today.